0: We're back with the Niagara Sports Hub. God, it's been a, a, been a couple of weeks, I think, since the Super Bowl.
1: It We were on the Friday before the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, due to some travel conflicts and some other issues, we didn't have a chance to talk to Mike shortly after the Super Bowl, but we will talk to him today. We've got a, lot, a, a few things to cover. It's kind of an off-season. We've got some important things going on with the NFL and MLB. But first and foremost... Although I'm not wearing it, I wish I owned a less need F the Picks t-shirt because yeah. my Rams won the Super Bowl. How about them Rams?
2: Very mm. impressive. If it's too bad that you didn't go to the parade in Los Angeles, which have doubled the crowd had you shown up. <laughs> True. So way to go, true. Ram fan. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Congratulations, Ram fan, all of you, all yeah. one of you.
1: That's now, they true. have no draft picks for the next six years, so they're not at the Combine. I think Sean McVay is with his beautiful girlfriend in Cabo San Lucas somewhere. But yeah, that being said, um, NFL okay, Combine but, is a hot
2: topic. It's weird, though. I mean, they have a, their first pick is in the third round. I mean, they have picks. They're still going to mm-hmm. draft. I'm confounded as to why you wouldn't go to the scouting Combine. Uh, yeah. I mean, unless you're just having a you're just having a party and that mm-hmm. maybe that's OK, because obviously yeah. there's other Rams people. There's scouting people there. Sure. They're, they're not unrepresented there. But the fact that that's a that's an NFL convention, mm-hmm. for one thing, that's where all the agents are. If that was my team, I'd be scratching my head a little bit as to why my two biggest decision makers mm-hmm. aren't there trying to find the very best six round draft pick that we can find.
1: Not only there, I mean, coaches talk to coaches. It's where you find your new assistants, and sure. it's it's just where you should be.
0: Well, I think before we hop into the combine, over the past couple of weeks, I mean, I think the biggest news for for this show and for everyone listening is Aaron Rodgers' enemas, if we could talk about that for a little bit. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I think you were right, Mike. He's just a, he's a attention whore. And he keeps saying, like, oh, next week I'm going to make a decision, and then next right. week, and then next week, and the next week. And it's like, just make up your damn mind. He's been saying
2: that for 55 weeks.
0: Yeah. That he's <laughs> gonna,
2: <laughs> eventually he'll make his decision. They, they are ne- negotiating a contract with him. And he keeps saying it's not about the money, and yet he's going to get a new contract at age mm-hmm. 37. It is, and I, and I don't like when players pretend this, uh, I don't like when the media misunderstands what a contract extension sometimes is, or or uh, when they move money around. For years, people you, you get people are getting credit because oh he he what a sacrifice he made. They renegotiate. All they did was move his money from base to bonus, and from his left pocket to his right pocket. But Aaron Rodgers, in some ways, is not human. Some ways he's superhuman. In some ways, he seems uh, beneath human. But all of us are interested in a raise. Every single one of us. So it's not only about money, but it is always a little bit for all of us including Aaron Rodgers about money. And in the end, I bet you he stays in Green Bay and I bet you he has a contract that's paying him or paying the salary cap when he's 40 years old.
0: Well, you were also right about Jim Harbaugh who just kind of milked Michigan for a new you know, contract.
2: <laughs> I hate to say I told you so, except we all love to say I told you so. That that I was just and I had people that are that are involved with him. That's how we knew that. He he wasn't going anywhere. Why would you only negotiate with the Vikings? Nothing against the Vikings. If you want to coach in the NFL, why wouldn't you take a world tour of all the vacancies, including in Miami, where the owner, Mr. Ross, is one of the biggest boosters at Michigan. So he's obviously, I bet you, their best friends. And I think the reason is because he didn't want to jerk around his friend in Miami. He just wanted to jerk around the Vikings. Yeah. So he could get his money from Michigan, and that's indeed what happened.
0: Well, let's go back to the combine and talk about, uh, does Dallas have all their bullets for the draft? Are they um, got all their picks lined they up. Do, and...
2: They're fine with picks, um, but they're not fine cap-wise. And so uh, Amari Cooper, hmm. who's got a contract, they, they may do something different there. Demarcus Lawrence, who's got a contract, they may do something different there. And then they have big decisions to make with Randy Gregory, Zeke. who's free. Uh, Dalton Schultz, who's free, Michael Gallup, who's rehabbing um, a, a bad knee injury, and is free. So, yeah, the, the Cowboys, like the Cowboys, are always in the headlines, sometimes for not very good reasons. But this time around, there's some really compelling storylines going on here.
0: But what's their number one need? You know, going into the draft,
2: their they, their priority, just their, their their overall priority, is to sign Randy Gregory, and they may have to franchise tag him. And, of course, you have to make that decision by March 8th. And I think that's inevitable. If And if that, that might mean that somebody else is going to pay Dalton Schultz, which means uh, they might draft a tight end. But Jerry likes to talk about, and the word that somebody inside this building used with me is reload. They really believe that you should keep your strength strong. That's a Jerry motto. And this offensive line, they've poured a lot of resources into it. Well, it had a bad year. They had a bad year last year. It wouldn't be shocking at all for one of the Cowboys' top two picks to be an offensive lineman.
1: Jerry's got a thing with Arkansas as well, and I know he's earmarked a couple players from Arkansas. Um, He may reload with one or two of those. Uh, Besides Cowboys and what they're doing, I'm curious. have Have you ever gone and covered the combine, Mike?
2: Yes. In fact, this is going to seem terribly braggy. I was the first reporter to ever get inside the scouting combine. Really? Really? You didn't used to let the media in there. It used to be private. wasn't on TV. Nothing. And then this is a true story. It's a, it's one of those Forrest Gumpy kind of things. So I go to the combine because you just all you do is hang out in the lobby. That's all you got to do back in 1990. Jerry had a right hand man, a team vice president who was an oil and gas guy uh, named Mike McCoy, who happens to also be you know the, the Jimmy Johnson trade value chart we're all familiar with. Jimmy didn't invent it. Mike McCoy invented it. Because he's an oil and gas engineering mathematical genius. He's the one that did it, then handed it to Jimmy. Then Jimmy put his name at the top of it and is now famous for it. Jimmy didn't do it. Mike McCoy did. So Mike McCoy sees me in the lobby and he says, what do you do? And he wasn't a football guy, per se. He says, what are you, what, why are you guys out here? I go, yeah, we don't. This is what we come for. We just come to bump into agents. He goes, so you don't, get go, you don't get to go watch and get inside the, what was it, the Hoosier Dome? Is that what it was?
1: Yeah, uh, at the time, I think.
2: I said, no. He said, he said, meet me tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. I'll get you in. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I meet him at the front thing, and he, he's, got a, he's got a yellow windbreaker in his hand, and he hands it to me. He goes, put this on. I go, what's this? He dresses me like a <laughs> security man. He says, now, don't get too obvious, but you just roam around the hallways and peek around the corner. So I did. I, I'm mm-hmm. the first reporter to ever cover from the inside the scouting combine. True. And that's uh, wow. an unbelievable story. That I don't blame you if you think I'm lying, but I'm not.
1: Mike yeah. Fisher, the first reporter at a combine. That's a pretty cool it's story. True. I was waiting for some secret plumbing story involved with he's, this or something. He's wearing a yellow security jacket.
0: He's wearing a yellow security jacket with a with a, a notebook and a pen. and a.
2: <laughs> yeah, the only thing I can uh, really uh, coordinate with uh, our, our, our sponsors and our partnership is I'm sure when somebody <laughs> – else came down the hallway and they had a yellow security jacket. I ducked into a
1: toilet stall. That's about the <laughs> yeah. only thing I can say about plumbing today. <laughs> That's funny. One of the other big stories this week with NFL getting away from the combine a little bit, there is no more COVID. There's no more COVID testing. Yeah, it went away. It went away. Just yep. overnight, it went away.
2: The, the NFL has, they didn't just have, they don't now have new COVID rules. They have no COVID rules. No masks, no six feet away, none of it. Now, uh, again, as, as often when we talk about this, th- this starts leaning into politics, and I'm, I'm not particularly interested in any of that, and I know you guys aren't either. This isn't a political issue. This is a medical issue or a medical non-issue, if you will. It's weird that the NFL, to me, would make this decision when in December they had an all-time high, the all-season high of players on the COVID list came in December, which was, you know, like just a minute ago. Uh, And if you remember, it was, I think it was week 15, the Browns, Washington, and Rams all had 20 plus players that during that week weren't going to be eligible to play. The NFL never did cancel a game. Two years ago, they moved some around, you remember, and they're very proud of that. I hope that this isn't just a business decision. I hope that they feel like medically, they can move on not just financially they need to move
0: on i hope well you know tim was uh well i think he's having guests down in scottsdale uh this weekend and they were planning to go to oh op- uh, not opening day but
1: no for, had several games lined up several for, spring training spring, games spring training
0: yeah. and uh of course they canceled opening day and they're pushing back baseball do you do you see any bright spots in the future with that or do you even care <laughs> i don't oh, know I, I,
2: I mean, I, I care, obviously, we're all, uh, all of us who, uh, every boy in America and maybe every girl in America grew up a baseball, everybody was a baseball fan at one time in their lives. Yeah. I, for me, I faded on it because, because of what I do with the Cowboys and the Mavericks and the NFL, they're just didn't room in my day to really pour over baseball box scores anymore, like I did as a kid. My concern for baseball would be, I think there's fewer of those kids now than there ever were. I don't think that as many kids pour over box scores in 2022 as they did in 1972, like we did. It's unfortunate that billionaires, we used to say billionaires and millionaires, but now it's billionaires and billionaires. Can't get on the same page and understand that this is the golden goose and, and you might be killing it. There's going to have to be baseball interest. And if you, do, if you continue to do this, A generation of people, or at least maybe not a generation, maybe a year of people, a year of kids, will move on to something else—soccer, or video games, or skateboarding, or something—and and and you will lose them, and you'll never get them back.
0: Yeah, you know it's interesting because the last few years baseball has been trying to uh, shorten the game. With you know, you don't pitch four balls for a walk. You just you go down to first base. You know the pitch count. Uh, the pitcher count on the mound is, I don't know, 20 seconds or something like that. And they're trying to do all this stuff to get more people involved. And then this comes up. And like you said, it's just killing the sport. It's killing the sport. I think
2: this isn't the fault of today's baseball leaders, but my criticism of baseball, and you'll forgive me if this sounds harsh, but it's true. They waited 50 years to let a black guy play. They wore flannel uniforms when they didn't need to anymore. And it took them this long to figure out maybe games shouldn't last three and a half hours. This sport, by far, is the slowest one to catch up with what must be done. The NBA's first by a mile. The, the, NBA, the NBA does a great job ma- making their players feel like they're partners and does a great job fe- making their fans feel like they're involved and protected. The NFL is kind of above it all, so they do whatever they want. But, but I think baseball is, is, is kind of at the precipice of trouble here because they traditionally move so slowly on things, and now they're moving slowly again on this. And it, it could be not a financial tragedy. They'll be fine. It's not a literal tragedy, but it's, it's a sporting tragedy that there, there might not be baseball.
0: Hey, I just got a uh, breaking news update, sports update. Cowboys are likely to release wide receiver Amari Cooper by start of the new league season.
2: Well, the morning news keeps writing that. And with all due respect, uh, likely is a wobbly word. Well, it's a right? safe
0: word. It's safe. It's,
2: it's safe. So yeah. what I keep, and, and, and we do a podcast uh, and a, a YouTube um, called The Fish Report. Mm-hmm. And we do it live twice a day, 7.20 in the morning, 6 p.m. at night central. And the, the questions come by the hundreds about Amari Cooper with all, because of stories like that. And what I keep telling people is, I was sitting in Jerry's office in 1990. I'm the first person that he ever said this to. Uh, Mr. Mack deadlines make deals. So the morning news report keeps reporting that every day. They They've reported that every day for the last 30 days. The deadline is the 16th or actually the deadline's the 20th. If Amari Cooper's on this roster on the fifth business day of the year, which is the 21st his $20 million is locked in and guaranteed. The Cowboys don't, they're, they're, they haven't made a decision yet. Yeah. Um, the third or the fourth or the fifth of March, because deadlines make deals. So the morning news can write that every day if they want to, but it's not true yet. Un- until they take the word likely out of their headline, I don't fr- frankly pay it much mind.
0: Hey, uh, <laughs> I always go back and I listen to this podcast with my 14 year old son. And when you do the um, impersonation of Jerry Jones, he always looks at me and he goes, why is he talking like that? And I said, well, you've never heard Jerry Jones Jerry talk? Jones and he goes, no. And then he Googles him. And he's like, oh, my God. He's like spot on.
2: <laughs> I think my imitation of Jerry is semi-famous <laughs> because it's so terrible. But, uh, but, but, I'll, but I'll take the attention either way.
1: <laughs> Any big plans this weekend? I mean, you've got a busy day today, I'm sure. But big plans this weekend? Well, my wife, Marcia,
2: keeps suggesting that we need to Hey, I, I love Mike, darling. Fish, honey, I I love your Sports Illustrated work. I love yeah. your Mechanical Hub work. I love what you're doing with Niagara Conservation. I love the podcast. I love the YouTube. I love it all. I love the radio. Can, can we can we go on vacation, please? Yeah. And so uh, w- one of these days, and I keep telling her, I can't. We can't. It, it, the draft. We, we can't. <laughs> the scouting combine. We can't. Uh, NFL free agency. So, yes, a vacation of some sort is on the horizon some day, some year for the Fisher family. That's on my nice. mind right now.
1: I've seen some pictures from Cabo San Lucas and Sean McVay. It looks pretty nice down there.
2: Well, one of our tricks that we do is we don't put up pictures when we're on vacation because <laughs> that seems to me to be an invitation to the burglar. Oh, they're not home. So, Sean McVeigh, yeah. be careful that your house isn't being burgled. That's all I can say. <laughs>
0: What else is going on in the sports world that we need to talk about real quick? Anything exciting? And
2: You know, I, I will mention, you know, Luka Doncic and, and the Mavericks beat the Warriors twice in one week uh, and beat the, war, uh, beat the Lakers in between. Not that beating the Lakers is that much of a challenge right now, but LeBron James's Lakers are broken.
0: They just um, got pummeled last and, night.
2: And whether it's the, let's fire Frank Vogel or LeBron James find a way to move on, I mean, th- those, those stories from credible outlets are everywhere. And, of course, if you're not a Lakers fan, you find it t- delightful. Um, yeah. For our lifetimes, again, the Lakers have been royalty almost every yeah. single mm-hmm. uh, decade. Every single you, – you put together the Lakers all-time team, and their fifth string is better than almost everybody else's, maybe mm-hmm. with the exception of the Celtics.
1: I was gonna say, watching the NBA All Star Game a couple weekends ago, I watched a few minutes of it, but I did catch the halftime when they introduced the seventy five seventy five year anniversary seventy top seventy five. Yeah, and to see the number of Lakers and Celtics on that, plus to see all the old time sixty, you know, Oscar Robertson, you know, all the guys from the sixties and seventies. Yeah. It's yeah. you know, it's it was that gave me goosebumps.
2: I mean, Elgin Baylor was like uh, – he, he was the Michael Jordan of his time in a lot of ways. And Elgin Baylor is probably, probably, probably not – He's no way he's on the first string all-time Mm-mm. Lakers team. James Worthy probably made the All-Star game eight times. He's probably uh, not on the third string all-time Lakers team. It's absurd. So, so yes, I'm, I'm, if the Lakers want to be bad for a while, that's, that's delightful to those of us <laughs> who are not Lakers fans, purely out of jealousy.
0: Hey, I I wanted to get your opinion on this, and I know this has probably been covered to death and reported on, but my Badgers played Michigan in a college basketball game. And there was 15 seconds left. Badgers were up like 15. Yes. And Michigan was full court pressing, and Wisconsin had their scrubs in, and they couldn't get it over the timeline, so Greg Gard called the timeout. And evidently, Jawan Howard didn't take too kindly to that. And then in the in the handshake line, there was a scuffle, and then Jawan Howard reached over and bitch slapped one of the uh, Wisconsin coaches. Yeah. And I just want to know your opinion on that whole event. And you know, he's supposed to be a leader of men per se, and you know, and this is in the handshake line, and this happens, and and this is not the first time this has happened with him. So,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah. John Howard, of course, who was a very good NBA player, played in Dallas for a little while. Uh, I, I found him to be a, a personable and nice guy, yeah. and I, th- yeah. I think he probably—I I think he probably is a leader of men. But what, especially at the college level, what those guys often forget—and maybe this is a good reminder—you're a teacher. You're you're basically a professor of basketball, and could you imagine if that ever happened in, in a, in a debate competition, it'd be outrageous, way more outrageous than this. We we almost kind of expected, well, this, this is physical and then tempers flare and all that kind of stuff. But I think Juwan Howard for just a moment forgot that he's not an athlete. This isn't just sports. He is employed by the university as a, as a school teacher. And that was a, that was a really bad lesson to teach. Um, and by the way and his what was his penalty like nothing
0: five, uh, games. five games but like suspended you know, for the
2: rest of the year or something yeah. but the re- but the year's over so yeah
1: you know,
0: to me
2: when you lose you have to take your medicine and you know we can argue about who should have full court pressed and who should have called a timeout i think wisconsin's argument if i'm not mistaken is probably or could be hey listen when when we can't get the ball across we've tra- we taught our guys call a timeout. That's just what we do. That's, it's just automatic. It's ingrained in the heads of our third-string guys. So I bet you it's ingrained in the head of Juwan Howard's players, too, if the situation was reversed. Yeah. Maybe we ought to get rid of the handshake line. Yeah. Because it's all fake anyway.
0: Well, the best comment coming out of that was uh... – now, Jawan Howard cares about a timeout, timeout being called. So.
1: Aha! <laughs> yeah, why didn't he bitch slap Chris Webber? <laughs> I see where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, thanks
0: for jumping on, and uh, good conversation, and good to see you again. We haven't seen you in a while. so Yep. And uh, make your wife happy. Go, go yeah. take a quick trip somewhere.
2: All right, we'll do that, and then let's put it together again. We'll do this again soon.